Hi everyone, I'm Alex. Hello, I'm Brandon. And this is When I Grow Up. Hi Brandon. Hey Alex. How are you? You know I'm great. Oh, uh, always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brandon, first of all, thank you for coming in to do this with me. Of course. Can you tell our listeners how you and I know each other? Let's just say that Alex is the daughter of a good friend of mine. <laughs> All right. Interview over. So uncool, Brandon. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start telling this story, and then you can chime in right, when you feel good. necessary. Perfect. 2015-ish, and I was just kind of getting into a sales role for the first time ever. And my dad being, you know— just a good dad, wanted to help me succeed in any way that he could. And he had just joined a networking group. Where he met me, his partner. (laughs) (laughs) So I joined. And by the time I had joined, you had already been a part of this networking organization. You and my dad had like a full-blown friendship without me. You you guys were like hanging out. And there's, and I I have FOMO for (laughs) For anyone listening that doesn't know what she, FOMO is, that's does. fear fear of missing out, and I have it bad. Worse than most, I think. And so I saw this relationship between you and my dad, and I thought, I, what about me? I want to hang. I want to be cool. I want to grow up. I want to <laughs> I wanna grow up like you guys. Let me hang out with you. And you and I sparked up a friendship from there. Not as good as my you and my dad, of I course. Mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Of course, you're a great person. He's a great guy. <laughs> so it was easy, you know? It was very, very, very easy. Um, it started with business, but obviously it's blossomed from there. Um, I don't know if you want to continue with the story. I kind of like where this is going. Sure, I'll continue. Yeah. We then lived together for a little while. And then you introduced me to the love of my life. Who I ended up marrying. And then tell the listeners what you did for Sean and I. Oh, man. It was the, the best honor ever. I officiated the wedding uh, a couple years ago now, a year and a half, year and three, four months ago. A little over a year, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a great time. It was a great Saturday, the 17th of uh, September. What's the name of the, the, the online church that gives you your you know your collar and everything? I don't know. <laughs> They're, they're, you're the one who's I've ordained. Got, I've got my black card in the wallet, though. <laughs> yeah, so it was a great time. Um, I met uh, her husband, Sean, several moons ago when we were just little wee kids. And, uh, yeah, two great people that were really important to me. I thought it'd be great if they were, you know, introduced, and that's all I really did. And then, uh, yeah, I uh, was there to witness their uh, their nuptials so yeah and then we even took it a step further and you joined us on our honeymoon <laughs> didn't you <laughs> we're in the first 10 minutes we're already getting weird <laughs> i know for people listening they think it's probably super weird but let me just clarify that our honeymoon was a music festival and so we invited you and another friend on our honeymoon with us. That other friend was at the last minute unable to join. So you third wheeled our honeymoon and it was her, awesome. Her loss. <laughs> it was her loss. We love you though, Lauren. Well, it's funny. So 
earlier this evening, um, I interviewed Steve. He talked a lot about his experience with networking and we see a lot of value in it. So many friendships. It's brought me business. I mean, because I joined a networking group, I met the love of my life. I I had very similar experiences. I met Alex and her father, a few other that will, for other individuals that who will be lifelong friends as well. Um, it's helped me to blossom in business in my career. It's given me um, added confidence, uh, added um, genuine genuine concern and care for like other people's businesses, what their interests, um, things that help them uh, to um, blossom in their careers as well. So. Big ups to B&I, Business Networking International, yeah. Brandon, I want you to think back to, let's say, elementary school age. Whoa. You're young, you have your whole life ahead of you. What do you want to be when you grow up? A pediatrician. Really? Yeah, I was a dork. I was a dork. And my pediatrician, Dr. Tolbert, I thought he was awesome. He could relate with kids. He was like someone that was positive, important. So that was cool, you know? Um, Yeah, pediatrician. Okay. So when you were still young, let's think middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. did that career path idea continue into those ages or did it change? Oh, it changed. I realized that I was not smart enough to be a pediatrician. (laughs) I mean, science was cool. Um, I was more of a, a numbers person. Um, I, I just really enjoyed people, you know? That was part of the uh, pediatrician outlook. Whenever I would see him, like, he made me feel comfortable, you know? He was someone who did that, and he was someone that was um, important for uh, my family and different families within the community. So I I, I enjoyed the, the, the thought of being that person for people, for a community, for my community. So it did change. Um, I realized that I was young and I had no idea what I wanted to be, to be honest. Brandon, did you turn out to be a pediatrician? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a pediatrician. I'll tell you what I've been doing, what I enjoy doing, what I'm doing currently. Um, what I will continue to do and, you know, kind of blossom into what I see it to be. Um, I work in the insurance industry. I currently do um, consulting for insurance agents. I support clients of mine and with uh, interviewing, with staffing, um, putting together a compensation structure, um, helping them with sales processes, so on and so forth. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, did I think this is where I would be? No, but again, I... I enjoy people, you know. I enjoy helping people to realize what it is that they can be. I enjoy uh, being a resource for people, a resource for my community, being uh, someone that's kind of looked to for uh, knowledge and support. So that's what I do currently, and that's what I um, enjoy doing, I think. Do you feel comfortable sharing how old you are? One week removed from 38 years old. One week removed. (laughs) And I knew that, but our listeners don't. Yeah, yeah. Asian like fine wine, though. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. So I imagine that you didn't just wake up and become this. So before we dive into what you're doing now and what that looks like, I would like to understand and I'd like to have our listeners understand the path and 
which led you to where you are now. All right. So that's, uh, I would say this path started 15 or so years ago. But yeah, I met this guy. He had just launched a state farm agency and he was looking for young, hungry salespeople. And he taught me what I knew about insurance and I got some insurance licenses and I learned to hate it. <laughs> um, I didn't understand it. Um, as you can probably tell, I suffered from, but I'm cool. <laughs> you are cool. But I'm cool. You, you are know? cool. <laughs> so the, the, the thought of, you know, making cold calls and being rejected, I, I always wanted to end the call with, but, but I'm cool. Um, once I made it beyond that fear and I realized that I could be cool and still do that and still have success and still be a resource for people in the community that didn't know much about insurance and didn't understand what they paid for and so on and so forth. And I could be a resource for other individuals that were starting in the industry and suffered from the, but I'm cool. Um, I could teach them how to get beyond that. Um, that's kind of what got me going in insurance and um, in a roundabout way led me to where I am now. I toughed it out and I learned to fall in love with it. How long did you work for him? I worked for him for three years. Um, I learned a lot on the sales side and he, he ran his business very transparent. Not someone that asked for ideas, someone that asked for ideas, considered ideas, and moved forward with those ideas from people that, you know, he employed. And I got a chance to learn the the business side of it, right? To, to be a business owner and to um, learn what motivates a salesperson, right? Learning how to have a competitive, uh, mutually agreed upon compensation structure and different things to... Um, uh, different incentives and bonuses, different ways to uh, push someone to, to realizing um, what they're capable of. And that led me to um, working for another individual, uh, being an office manager, helping with the hiring process, helping with uh, setting sales goals and, you know, encouraging and motivating others, a team of salespeople. Um, that led me to, you know, kind of continuing down that path. So... So you worked for this guy for two years, and he hires you as an insurance sales sure. rep? Sales rep, producer. Okay. Um, auto insurance, home insurance, uh, health insurance, life insurance, business, commercial, any, everything. So for those two years, I imagine this was long before COVID, so Monday through Friday, you went into an office. Oh, yeah. Monday through Friday, expect it 9 to 5, but again, sales commission. So 5 p.m. wasn't the end of the, the sales day. End of the sales day is when you felt comfortable putting your feet up because you made some sales. So uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about those two years and what your day-to-day kind of looked like. You'd get in in the morning, and what were your expected tasks? what we call in the industry, like paid leads, paid internet leads, uh, warm leads, if you will. Um, it could be calls, outbound calls, right? We would, we'd pay for the lead, so we wouldn't call them cold calls, but it's cold call. Um, it could be um, 
answering the inbound calls, um, dealing with whatever's on the other end of that phone call from a current customer, just to have the opportunity to introduce yourself and, you know, ask, uh, um, you know, your insurance engaging questions, your pivot opportunities, you know, or if it's the end of the month and you had goals to meet, it could be standing in a Target parking lot, handing out Target gift cards for people to give me information to give them insurance quotes. It could be walking the neighborhoods, going door to door. It's whatever, you know, it needed to be to make sales. So a lot of, you mentioned cold calling. I wish you guys could have seen Alex's face there. <laughs> I think what Brandon's talking about is my face when you said standing outside of Target, handing out Target gift cards. That's wild. You're walking to the store to spend money, right? I'm giving you money to spend while you're I mean, store. I wish there was something, someone standing outside of every Target giving out gift cards. Right. You've talked a lot about cold calling and cold Target gift carding. So I imagine that was a big chunk of what you did for those two years. Yeah. Um, what did that teach you? It helped me to get over me, right? The, but I'm cool. And we all think we're too cool to make cold yeah, calls, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I realized that whomever was on the other end of that phone or the decline of my target gift card, they didn't really give a crap if I was cool. Right. I, and I learned to not really give a crap if they gave a crap, whether or not I was cool. And I got over me. That's what it helped me to do those two years doing all of that. And it helped me to realize what I was capable of when I didn't stand in my way. And after t those two years were over, where did you go? What did you do? I went and worked for another gentleman, good friend of mine that I've known since I was a teenage boy. Um, again, launching his own insurance agency, uh, helped him from everywhere from pulling up the carpet in the office to lay new carpet to making the first initial hires, right? Putting, putting together the compensation structures, putting together the sales process, um, having the experience, the, I hate when people use this word in business, the grit, the grit, <laughs> the grind, the, the grit. grit, having the grit to know what works, know what doesn't work, know, um, identify um, the different obstacles that prevent people from realizing what they're capable of. And that's what it was, you know, I was uh, helping him to staff an agency to lay down the handbook, run the office, and to motivate the sales staff while still selling my, my own self. So a lot and, more responsibility. And how long did you work for that friend? I, sh I stand corrected. I worked for him for five years. I was going to say, I, I thought three I, seems small. I was, I was in that role, in that sales role for three years, but in true Brandon fashion, what do I do? I start gravitating towards uh, what I perceive to uh, impact the the business at a, at a higher level, which is molding others, right? Encouraging others, supporting others, uh, helping with operations, helping with uh, sales process, different things, uh, bonus incentives, different things to motivate people. I realized um, the career path I thought I wanted at that time was to um, be one of those uh, agent business owners with uh, that organization. And I realized that the individuals that were interviewing and being selected, they had strong sales. And 
the position that I was in, the my best um, value towards that business wasn't to have strong sales. So although I was doing great things for that business, that agent that I worked for, his uh, agency, um, it wasn't necessarily um, put me on the proper plan to be that type of business owner in my own right. So I, again, I got out of the way of me and it took a gamble on myself and in a sense started all over again, working for someone to where I only made commission so I could, you know, shine that light to have those opportunities. So that's what kind of uh, led me from that place to the next spot. So build a new agency, uh, me helping to, to put up job postings, um, to interview, to, to hire, to, to uh, support individuals that are new in the industry to get licensed for insurance, um, to put together a, a plan. Business right? plan. What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Business not, plans not, are important, people. Not just me working for me and to make sure that I could put gas in my Oldsmobile, <laughs> but to make sure that other people could put gas in their Oldsmobiles or could feed their families. So um, it was scary. It was it was tough. And I told him no. <laughs> he said no, but he did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I enjoy um, gambling or betting on me. I enjoy challenging myself. Um, that's what keeps me involved and engaged. So I did that for that individual for, for two years and we had a lot of success, you know? Um, scary growing something from nothing, yeah. But once it gets there, it, it feels good. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. 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 So total of five years, two kind of different paths within the same business opportunity and you eventually leave there mm -hmm. and do what? So then... This is where it takes a turn, people. It does, but really, it's just the wheels start turning, right? I, I see what it is that I'm doing best, right? How I'm supporting the business best, and that's uh, me supporting people. Right. And you're understanding your own skill set. Yeah. When you've been in the job industry yeah. or in the, the business world for however many years, you start to understand yourself a little bit better, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses yeah. are. So now you're reaching a point in your business where you understand yourself better and mm -hmm. what you do very yes. well. Yes, yes. wound up finding not only what I did well, but what I enjoyed, right? To see someone go from finishing college to interviewing for a position to um, uh, going through to classroom sessions after they've already finished schooling to, to, to get some special license or certification and then learning an industry, right? To, to see them to success and to motivate them and to see the smile on their face when things work out, I enjoyed that. So I left insurance and I went into um, staffing, right? I, I wanted to learn more, right? I, I, I saw that how what I was starting to enjoy, how I could impact on a bigger level and still stick it out, stick it out or stick around in the same industry, but not a different career path. So I want to pause you for a second because my hopes are that there are some younger people listening okay. that when you say staffing, mm -hmm. that goes right over their head. All so right. explain to us what that is. All right, we can dork out for a minute. Let's dork out. So staffing, um, there's 
organizations that are in the people business, they like to say. Um, some businesses can't take on um, the, the human resource aspect of hiring people. Because it's a big job, it's a big job, task. Right, to, to, to have a department, right, within your organization, you have to be at a certain size, a certain level, to, you have to pay for all those people. To, yes, it's a whole department. It's a whole additional yes, piece of your business. Yes, the screening, right? Background checks and the the interview process, and then the the benefits and the compensation, right? And then what the, what's their role going to be, right? What what's their role not going to be? Who are they going to report to? So so many businesses that you don't even know, don't even think about, they outsource for that, right? They outsource for an organization to hire people for them, or to to hire people to work for that same organization, but we'll borrow, you, borrow them, right? We'll pay you a dollar amount per hour for this individual or these individuals that you loan to us. Parallel industry, if you will, but I knew that they could help me to continue to help people, right? But to learn more, right? How do businesses uh, put together their compensation structure, right? What's the value of this individual to a business? Now, keep in mind, a staffing agency receives a, a fee. Let's say it's a, a, you work for the staffing agency, right? But they may loan you out or they may uh, put place you within an organization who's a client of theirs. You get a chance to learn what does that client pay the staffing agency? And then what does the staffing agency pay the actual candidate? So you get to learn the value of the, the, the candidate. So you leave insurance, you go to work for this staffing agency, and I know the answer, and I apologize, I'm laughing. How long do you work for this staffing agency for, Brandon? Uh, four months. <laughs> I'm sorry, don't mean to laugh, and tell us why you worked there for four months. Novel coronavirus, 19. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. The first day that everyone like things were shut down businesses were like what is going on what is this crazy covid nonsense we need to figure this out everybody just stay home work from home i have a picture of <laughs> us sitting on the same bench that we're sitting on now but in my old house that we lived in together um you have your headset on you have your computer in front of you and you're in your robe <laughs> <laughs> And it and Brandon, it's not funny, and I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but I'm it's it's funny now looking back on it because gosh, COVID was just such a crazy thing, and it forced you out of this new job that you found yourself in, but then resulted in you again finding yourself in something even better. Yes, yes, yes. So so how long after the staffing agency said, bye-bye, Brandon, we love you, but we can't keep you, how long it then took you to go from that point to your business consulting? S roughly six months. Six months. Okay. It was the, let's call it the last quarter of 2020. Sure. So six months. Um, as businesses were closing and furloughing, um, one thing that wasn't closing was insurance industry and some of those uh, state farm uh, relationships that I had cultivated over my first uh, X number of years in my um, adult career, if you will. Um, not only were they uh, still attempting to staff, but they were, um, it's tough to find staff. So 
I was able to lean on my four months experience staffing, <laughs> but my, you know, several years of experience of uh, staffing for um, state farm agents when I was being compensated to sell and to, uh, you know, kind of help individuals with uh, going through and getting those uh, accreditations and licensing and to put together compensation structures to motivate sales staff and to put together sales processes. It totally made sense for me to um, capitalize on all of that and kind of put all that together and launch higher Brandon Crawford. Because I like people, right? And I like to see when, when, when my peer, right, when, when they reach their potential, I enjoy that, right? That's my uh, Tony Stark thing that spins in my chest, makes me Iron Man, that's what recharges <laughs> me. So I, I'm in the sales role and I'm having success. Um, but again, I think that the business, the organization would have more success if I can teach others to have success. And then what did you do? Then I went back to what I knew. Target parking lots and gift cards. <laughs> no, I, I, I called people that I knew in the industry, that I knew needed my support. Right? I knew that we could do good things together. Right, People that knew me, that knew um, where I excelled, right? knew um, how I could best support their, their businesses. And, you know, I helped them with staffing. I helped them with um, competitive, mutual, mutually agreed upon compensation structures that would um, motivate a sales staff. I helped them to identify uh, different service processes to engage with their customer base, to identify and implement sales uh, processes and structures to um, help their staff maximize production. So that's where I went from there. Um, that's where I, <clears throat> excuse me, that's where I am now. Um, that's what I enjoy. People. 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 And that's, People. and it's funny, again, full circle. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were young, you thought you wanted to be a physician mm -hmm. because you saw the human people-to-people -people aspect and that's what you enjoyed mm -hmm. and then you realized as you got older actually that's not the best fit yeah. and I can still get what I want in life but have this other path to get there yeah that's uh when you're Sales staff isn't doing too good. Still the doctor that you got to come see. <laughs> Still the doctor. So, Hire Brady Crawford. <laughs> so Dr. Crawford. <laughs> Before we dive into kind of what your job entails now, because you're at this point, you, you've worked for others, you were an employee, but now you've found your own venture, your own path where you're working for yourself. You're an entrepreneur at this point. So if you are comfortable talking about it, talk us through <clears throat> what your financial situation looked like in those first couple years in the insurance industry. You're asking when I first started, way back when. Sure. Yeah, I would like to start there. Zero to 50, 100%. I'm sure it was a base salary of $24,000, probably $2,000 a month. And then commission, um, a commission percentage, depending on what the product line was. Sure. Um, so definitely zero to, to, to 50. And then it stepped up. 
to uh, a, a higher base pay. I was starting to um, make more of a guaranteed uh, salary, if you will, recognizing the different things that I did to support the agency. Um, still with the salary, probably 36 maybe, plus commission, plus different bonuses depending upon how the agency did from a sales aspect. So still able to uh, negotiate the compensation, if you will. That's what gave me the um, experience and the success that I have now and to putting together uh, compensation structures for some of the business owners that I work with and partner with. And is it safe to assume that in the insurance industry, in a sales role like that, um, that there is always going to be some sort of base salary plus a commission? Sure. Depending on who you're working for, um, there may not be a base salary, right? If there may be that much opportunity available for commission, for for production. For Do you sales. think there's people out there who are hiring saying, there's so much opportunity, I don't need to pay you a base salary because there's so much commission opportunity and then people find themselves in that situation and think there's not a lot of opportunity here for commission? That happens. I think the ones... <sighs> It takes a, ter a certain individual to, air quote, again, get away with offering that, and then the, another certain individual to get away with accepting that. So when those two uh, forces collide, there's typically success. Um, otherwise, you know that you're going to have high turnover, right? Or you know that you are going to not continue on because it's, there's not that much opportunity. But no, there's people that do get away with offering just commission. And the people that accept those positions are typically uh, more seasoned individuals, more seasoned candidates, because they're willing to, like myself, gamble on their self, right? They're, they're, they're doing it for a reason because they've already done all the, the, the math and the logistics and whatnot in their head. And they know the industry. They, yeah. have, they have some contacts. Yeah. They may have already built some sort of book of business. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be for someone um, looking on Indeed, LinkedIn, at job descriptions, and interviewing, and when they are presented with one opportunity that's a base plus commission versus an opportunity that's <coughs> solely base? I mean, what kind of um, advice might you give to someone in that situation? So the advice that I have for the candidate that you speak of is, first and foremost, do your research. Um, no what's available, know what different types of compensation structures you're going to be offered, um, or know the organizations. Um, number two is ask for more, <laughs> ask for more, and then ask for more. Um, the answer will always be no when you don't ask it. And people that are hiring these candidates specifically for a sales role that may be offered only commission, they want to see someone that's a, I hate this term again, that's a self-starter, right? Someone that that is completely cognizant of how they're going to be compensated and know that they can thrive in that, that arena. So ask for more, 
right? It shows that you know you're worth more and people want to see that. And if they don't think you're worth more, then maybe that's not the right opportunity. But ask for more is what I would say. And that reminds me of something in business advice. And I, I think I may have told you this before, but the best business or life advice is from you. And I'm sure you remember saying this to me, but what you said was, Al, you'll be surprised what you get in life by simply asking. Yeah. And I will tell you that it was like a light bulb came on for me, and the minute you said that, should I ask for everything? Man. And I don't get everything, but, but I get a lot more than, yes, than yes. when I didn't ask for it. What your listeners don't know is about 10 minutes prior, uh, Alex's husband brought us some wine. And what she doesn't know is five minutes prior to that, I text booze question. <laughs> I'll repeat it again. I'll let Brandon do it this time. Oh, boy. <clears throat> I think what I said to her was, Al, <laughs> you'd be amazed by the shit you can get in life by just asking. Just ask. Always ask. It's so true. Now you... Okay, so we're talking about compensation. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of years of you being in the industry, and we'll say give or take a range, you were in that... Zero to fifty thousand dollars between salary commissions mm-hmm. and throughout your and what was the total amount of years again that you were in the insurance agency before you left to go to the um, staffing agency? Uh, eight, call it eight years, eight nine years, six eight eight. Yeah, eight, eight okay, eight so it's go up. I was going to say, yeah, so eight yeah. years, I imagine you're not just making the same amount year no. after year. And there's there probably fluctuation depending on the... I think I stepped over into the, the next tier, the 50 to 100, when I started, when I took the gamble on me to just get commissioned to do sales, right? And then I realized that I kind of plateaued a little bit when I stopped focusing on sales and I started doing the... Sorry, I want to stop you for a second because okay. you mentioned that earlier that the difference between a salary plus commission versus a straight commission position, you finally found yourself in a place where you knew the industry, Mm -hmm. you had contacts, Mm -hmm. and you gambled on yourself yet again, taking a position that was straight commission, and you found yourself making more money. Yes, yes. Interesting. I was working with people, um, my customer base, my demographics, people that have more money, right? Sure. Um, Two-income households. um, Once you get beyond the necessities, the home insurance, the auto insurance, then we can talk, start to talk about the financial services aspect of what I did, um, the different things that people pay for. People pay to take care of their family, whether they're here or not, right? The life insurance, the disability, um, annuities and such. So um, yeah, I took a gamble on me and that first year and those few years that I did that, I made more money than what I was doing previously without any base pay, so. So I imagine your pay structure must be wildly different than, hey, I'm going to pay you $30,000 base salary and you're going to make 20% commission on everything that you sell. 100%, yes, definitely, definitely different. Um, that compensation structure changes depending on the, the client and depending on what I can do to best support them. Um, I've, in my... 
three, three and a half, three plus years of being in business for myself. I've had clients that paid me um, per hire, right? Find me someone and, and I'll get you whatever it is that you need. I'll, I'll outline the price and I'll outline the price depending on the, the accolades or the experience that came with the candidate, right? I've had people that uh, pay me per day that I show up in their office because they needed that shot in the arm and needed that culture. I've had people that paid me a, uh, a lump sum of money to help them get over a hump. I need to hire two individuals and get them licensed and get them trained with the, uh, in this case, State Farm technology, right? And when I'm in your office and I'm showing your sales staff how it's done, if I generate something, I need commission too. <laughs> so it, it, it varies, but I'm able to um, to, to outline that and agree uh, upon that before I start any venture. Hey guys, it's me. Wanted to chime in real quick because throughout my editing process, I realized that Brandon and I never actually came full circle to confirm what salary bucket he has fallen into in the years that he's been working for himself. So the first year that he went out on his own, he fell into that fifty dollars to $100,000 bucket. And then the last two years of working for himself, he has actually fallen into that one hundred dollars to $150,000 salary. So kudos to Brandon. You become a con uh, your own business consultant. I imagine you have a ton of contacts in the industry. You reach out to those contacts. So what does your business now look like? Because obviously it's in the same industry who have all this industry insurance knowledge, but how does your job now compare to when you were just sitting in an agency working for the guy that name starts with an M and ends with an L? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> um, I'm doing the things that I enjoy and did well for one business owner, but for several business owners. More times than not, I'm working on someone's business, but sometimes I'm required to work in someone's business, right? Um, sometimes it's a mixture of both, right? When I'm building that culture, you got to kind of see me do it to realize, oh, so that just they mean work your ask off. <laughs> I've been thinking that there was something else, you know, sometimes you have to do that. What are some challenges that you personally or maybe others in your industry face on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that be cold calling or talking to people every day that just simply don't understand the ins and outs of your business. I mean, I imagine, I mean, insurance is simple but complicated, right? And I think it's one of those industries that like, we all have to have insurance, we all have insurance, but do we really understand what we're paying for? So with that said, what what are some challenges that you or other people in your industry face? I would say what you just said, right? We all have to have it, but we don't know what we're doing. But we know what we're doing. It's the aspect of um, people don't, when people don't understand things, they don't really care about things, right? 
Um, uh, an example that I always use is I, for some reason, people don't treat insurance professionals the same way they treat um, medical professionals, right? I saw my uh, my pediatrician as uh, someone that was a, a role model for me, but I didn't see my family's insurance agent as that, right? Um, people on the, on the basic, basic, basic core level, people will go to a dealership and purchase a vehicle, but cannot leave the dealership with that vehicle until they insure that vehicle. And people will be upset when they call their insurance agent to insure that vehicle because of the price they have to pay to insure that vehicle. But you've known for three days that you're going to the dealership to test drive vehicles and see which ones give me the best selfie when I sit, what has the best headrest. Right? So in regards to auto insurance, mm -hmm. is there a difference in price of insuring a brand new Mustang convertible versus my 20 year old minivan? You're asking me that? Yeah. Is there a difference between those two cars? Yeah. So many factors. Yes, of course there are. See, I think there's, there's a lot of people that don't understand that, which is probably why you get calls from people saying, hey, I just bought this brand new mm -hmm. hot red Mustang. What do you mean it's going to be $400 a month to insure? And now they're mad at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You should have called me when you test drove the uh, the other vehicle. Mm -hmm. And I would have told you the other vehicle is much more affordable to insure because it was safer, right? <laughs> it doesn't fall apart when you crash it. Uh, but those are some of the challenges with, um, at this point in my career, my clients, customers, um, for my clients though, um, I guess those would be insurance agents. Some of the challenges are, um, staffing, right? Some people don't want to work or there's a lot of, uh, hiring going on because there's a lot of, um, opportunity now, right? There's flexibility. People have been working remotely for the last three and a half years, right? So people get uh, accustomed to that. Um, people get accustomed to working in positions that have a straight salary pay, right? There aren't any uh, production requirements, so they may not be familiar with um, the aspect of commission. So they may accept the position, and then after a few months of not really realizing their potential, they say, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm not making any money. So those are challenges, right? But where I come in, right, where I provide support is that I help the individual candidate to realize that potential, right? I put together a compensation structure that they understand, right? If you understand it, you have a much better opportunity to maximize it, right? That production, that compensation. If you know, you're a business owner, you're putting together this comp plan that makes sense in your mind after you read it five times, but the person you're interviewing, it doesn't make sense for them, they're not going to accept the position, right? It's a question mark when they ask, what's the compensation? You pull out some, you know, color-coded uh, Excel spreadsheet, and you say, you do this over here, then you activate this, and then you get the delta on this one, and then on this one. Like, no, they don't understand that. You know, it doesn't work. Mm -mm. So... Simplifying it, right? Breaking it down, dumbing it down, and, uh, you know, motivating people to, you know, find success. Another thing that I think is important to ask and talk about is college degrees. This idea of you must go to college and you must get a degree is changing. Obviously, what we've learned on this 
in this interview is that you are now self-employed. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, if you're self-employed, you, you're not going to necessarily require yourself to have a college degree. Um, but I guess my, my question is, did working at State Farm all those years ago... Require? Did it require a college degree? No, it doesn't. Um, not one bit. No, nowhere in the insurance industry is a college degree required. Um, for some people, they may need to um, fail, right? Go to college and have an idea what they want to be when they grow up, and then they try it, and then they realize, I don't like it. <laughs> that person that changes their college major six times. That too, right? Yeah. Or, or leave it the same and go to that career path and realize they don't like it. That was me. Mm -hmm. That too. Would you say that for a young person with or without a college degree mm -hmm. that is extremely, extremely motivated, money is the goal. Would you say that the insurance industry is a really great industry to seek out? I think so. If you're that individual that you just described, yes. <laughs> because you have to, you have to have goals in place and you have to have a plan in place. You just described an individual that seems to be very goal-oriented, um, self-starter, um, extremely organized, right? That's someone that has success in this industry. You're 38 mm -hmm. in a week. Mm -hmm. What do you want to be when you grow up? <sighs> um, I think that I am still in that or one of those vehicles, and I'm still in route to my destination. Um, but I think that as I continue to um, navigate there, it's the same. People. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy being a resource for people. I enjoy motivating people. I enjoy seeing people um, realize their potential, seeing people um, reach their potential. I enjoy that. So um, it's going to be something in that aspect. But yeah, successful. Something meaningful. All I can say is um, whether you, you know what you want to be when you grow up or you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, just uh, do something. Find a plan, right? Identify it. Do I enjoy it? Do I not? Do what you enjoy. That's what I can tell you. Well, and I think one of the big points, too, is that it takes time to get there, right? We don't just yeah. wake up, decide what we want to be, and snap our fingers and be what we want to be. Yeah, it's not some new nice restaurant and you take one, one bite and say, ooh, I like this. <laughs> no. it's, it's a work in progress. Oh, no, yeah. In the years that I've known you have truly been one of my favorite people, one of my greatest friends. Oh introduced me to the most amazing human being that I am married to. Aww. And I love you, and I can't thank you enough for doing this with me. It is an absolute pleasure of mine, Alex. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I know you have a lot of really cool people lined up to interview, so. Brandon, thank you so much. I love you the most. Thank you. Thank you. I love you as well. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram. When I grow up underscore podcast experience. See you next time.